Broadcasting live from the Wellness Wonderland, you're listening to the Wellness Wonderland Radio. I'm Katie, and each week I chat with the most inspirational people on the planet on how to stay inspired in all areas of life. As you listen, feel free to tweet at me, at Katie Dalebout, or use the hashtag Wellness Wonderland. I'd love to hear your aha moments. So grab your headphones and listen on the go, or cuddle up with a notebook as we dive in deep with authentic conversations right here in Wonderland. Welcome back to the Wellness Wonderland, everyone. I am so excited because today, Joey and Persia of AddictiveDaughter.com are here. And if you're not familiar with them, they are the beautiful British duo who are redefining addiction and helping people get addicted to the good stuff, one blog post, video, and mentoring session at a time. They are so cool. They offer savvy self-help that will inspire you to get get addicted to the good stuff. They're aimed at the 20-something fun crowd who wants to make healthier life choices. So they're removing that British stigma attached to self-help and making it fun and cool again, which or for the first time, which is just really cool. So I am so grateful for their work in the world and the opportunity to just have a fun conversation with them today and and get to know them. So they're staying up late with me to talk with me um, over the time change. So thank you so much for being here, you guys. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Awesome. So, okay, so let's just get started. Let's dive right in and tell Wonderland all about you guys. So if we could, I'd love to start with your individual stories and then kind of how you came together to create Addictive Daughter. Do you guys want to just get started there? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. So um, individually, I guess, um, well, I'll speak for myself. I um, came from quite a conventional family but was always this quite... This is Joey, by This the is way. Joey, yeah. <laughs> we should probably do Joey of Persia before each um, answer. So Joey came from quite a conventional family in the north of England and basically was quite a naughty teenager from sort of 12, 13, uh, found alcohol, found boys, and um, was just quite rebellious. And it really went from there for me. Um, so, and, you know, I had a lot of fun, but it was quite a destructive way of living. And by the time I went to drama school at 18, I moved to London um, on my own. And um, I got a place at a school called Drama Centre because I was really keen to train as an actress. Uh, and I guess um, from that point on, my partying sort of spiralled. Um, and actually, Drama Centre is where I met Persia. You'll be hearing her, her story shortly. Um, but I, I suppose for me, the problem started uh when I graduated because all of a sudden I had no structure so from having sort of you know almost a 12-hour day scheduled in um suddenly I was without structure without any acting work a lot of the time when I first came out of drama school and um I just went um, a little bit crazy really um and Persia do you want to (laughs) I'll come in here (laughs) so um I on the other hand was I grew up in quite a crazy family um I was born and bred in London and my parents 
um, both came from actually alcoholic um, families themselves, quite um, dysfunctional and destructive things kind of happened for each of them. And they, my parents actually met in Amsterdam and um, they kind of, it was crazy drama, fell in love straight away, um, got pregnant with my sister, then me, so came back to London and then we were, my dad kind of was trying to make property stuff happen, um, property business, which he started to do well in. Um, and what was happening is, you know, they, they became very addicted to drugs um, and we were kind of grew up in this quite kind of crazy. Yeah, it was quite a crazy, intense childhood. Um, but I was always very much a way that I dealt with it was um, to work really really hard at school and to try and get you know get all the lead roles in any plays and you know singing songs it was it was a way of, I always wanted to have validation and so when I came of age to um you know discover boys which was I did you know get there pretty young um that was a way for me to kind of get this love and validation um that I really had been craving for a long time and so and so I did um and whilst you know life at school I was still a student big high achiever um I'd started drinking and um yeah relations with relationships with boys started becoming more and more destructive the older I got and ironically it was when my parents both went into rehab they completely turned their lives around and I really saw you know the whole idea of getting addicted to the good stuff when they took that energy that they've been using to kind of focus on negative things they took that and they put it to positive means our whole family life completely changed um and then I went off to university read English literature but the problem was um, and I, I also lived in Canada as part of my university in Vancouver Island. Um, but the problem was because I hadn't healed from my childhood, I hadn't um, kind of dealt with what what had gone on. So when I came after finishing university, I then went to drama school, which is where I met Joey. And uh, yeah, got was was carrying on with the partying and the validation stuff, um, the drinking, and then I had by by this point it was quite into drugs, um, and you know suddenly because like Joey I didn't have this firm structure after we graduated I didn't have a way of proving that I was great at something because acting work was kind of coming in ebbs and flows um I yeah like things just started to really fall apart my relationships I you know really had been quite awful to a lot of my boyfriends um and then I was getting more and more drawn to kind of crazy addicted men um one of one of my ex-boyfriends I met in Russia and he was <laughs> crazy Russian actor, um, all sorts of adventures. But I, it just started, my life just started really kind of falling apart, to be honest. And me and Joey, this was kind of happening at the same time. And then one day last year, we were both funnily enough going out with two um, blokes at this time who were both addicts who'd been in rehab. And we, we both got dumped on the very same day by these two blokes and we didn't know about it because we were kind of in a weird stage of our friendship at that time and uh and kind of from that moment you know I, I remember calling Joey and saying I don't know what to do I <laughs> dumped no this has never happened before I don't know what to do I'm just such a mess I'm completely heartbroken and she said well I've kind of been broken up with you know as well and we worked out it was on the same day and and then from that moment we kind of thought we can't go back into the old patterns. We can't just go out and get wasted and 
find new blokes to distract ourselves. Like, something has to change. Because fundamentally, I think, for both of us, even though we're from very different backgrounds, the thing that was missing was self-worth. Yeah. And, and what it all comes down to, I think, at the end of the day, um, for a lot of women sort of looking for validation in, you know, things outside yourself, whatever that might be, um... Uh, and that was a big thing for us. And mm. I think it was at that point last year when we were both in a really low place and we came together and we realised we had to make some massive changes in the way that we were, you know, kind of trying to trying to make ourselves feel happy because it, it wasn't working. And it was clear, <laughs> you know, it really, it really kind of bottomed out for both of us. Um, and that's really where it all began, the amazing journey of Addicted Daughter. Yeah. And what had been really fortunate, when we look back, it's amazing look, looking back at the journey because we start to see how things, the timing, I mean, you could, was just so ridiculously perfect because having going out with my ex-boyfriend who um, is an addict had gotten me into something called Al-Anon, which is for the friends and family of um, alcoholics and addicts. And... Uh, Basically, that is it's a 12-step program and absolutely incredible, absolutely incredible. Um, it's anyone who has any kind of codependent issues um, and, yeah, really struggling with self-worth, struggling with who they are, um, kind of caught up in negative patterns of behaviour that go beyond just drinking drugs. It might be negative thinking, not believing that you're worth anything. We start, we had been learning and, and actually um, I invite, when me and Joey kind of spoke to each other and had you know, been both broken up with, I, I took her along to one of these meetings and I remember we sat next to each other mm. and Joey just was just like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to have heard all my life. I've been waiting to hear this all my life. This is where I'm meant to be. Like, it was just like an aha moment. And so we had this kind of network and this support and that's where we learn all these principles that we've kind of learned. And um, yeah, that's where we kind of, it's where it all began. Mm -hmm. Wow. Katie we're sort of thinking um we kind of want to in a way use some of the ideas from the 12 steps because they are spiritual principles yeah. and make them cool and make them relevant you know to young people because Absolutely. they've helped so um we draw inspiration from so many wonderful people yourself included across the globe now um but that was really the starting point for us I think wow wow it's, it's really cool to hear that backstory told from you guys and and from your perspective and it's it's one thing to read it on the site and it's another thing to hear you guys talk about it and um it's really funny for me what's coming up is how the lowest of lows can lead to such great things you know they say that like the biggest bottoms are where the good stuff comes from, you know? It's like you've got to have the bad days to make the good ones good. And I think that addictive daughter is just such a something that proves that, you know? It's really awesome that you guys have taken what you've gone through and clearly that has all been for a reason which has culminated in this amazing project. So... I think your authenticity and sharing what you've been through has been crucial to switching this around and making it something so positive for the world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I guess that, that kind of brings me to the next thing I wanted to talk about with you guys, which um, really is just that authenticity and what I talk about it a lot here in Wonderland about how it's so crucial for happiness 
And I know you guys have spoken about it before um, on video and um, on your platform. So I would love to have you guys talk about it a little bit here of why being who you are is so important. Good question. Yeah, um, I think, gosh, I think I think the thing is, um, both myself and Joey, if you had seen us back in the day, in our, hey, well, our heyday, not really, um, we would have said to you, you would have said to us, we'd have seen us go, actresses, um, not bad looking, they've got boyfriends, uh, they are very, seem to be very self-confident, they know who they are, strong women, mm-hmm. um, and so that's what, this. that was the facade we were putting out to the world, and we told ourselves that that's who we were, we were these people, and we felt great about ourselves, but deep down, you know, when our ego was biggest, and I definitely someone to put my hands up and say, um, have had a massive ego, which it, all my life, um, but I, that served me. There was a time that I needed that because I felt so bad about who I really was deep down inside. Um, and that was all linked to, you know, my parents' addiction because when you're a child, a child doesn't understand that what addiction is. A child just says, mum and dad, you know, are passed out. They don't, they don't, you know, they don't love me. It's me. It's my fault. So it was very linked to that for myself. Um, and yeah, so so being who we were, we, we didn't know who we were. We put on a show. It was all a show. And of course, going into acting kind of really is just the funniest thing because we were desperate to find identity and we didn't want to be ourselves, did we? Mm. Because we're, I want to be any other character. I want to be anyone but myself. And we, we all validation came from external things. Like Joey said earlier, um, our social life, who we were friends with, what we wore, where we hung out. And suddenly, here we are um, on on a Skype call to you, and we are, it's a Friday evening in London, there are parties we could have gone to, and yet we're doing something that we actually believe in, and it makes us happy. And, you know, it's not about, you know, it's not about what we look like and how cool we are, and it's, that's been, that's been a really Bloody big journey, yeah. actually. The party, the parties are right here. <laughs> the parties exactly. are here. <laughs> That's for sure. I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. And I would say that even being inauthentic, and it's funny that you bring up the points about, you know, why you guys were drawn to acting, but it's draining being inauthentic, right? I mean, I my mentor, who I know that you guys um, love and admire as well, Gabrielle Bernstein, talked about recently... Um, a situation where she was at some event and she was doing something and I don't even remember what it was, but pretty much she was not being her authentic self, that that place within all of us that's the same for everybody, that place where we really are deep down that's never changed since we were 10 years old to when we were 15 to now. And she wasn't in that place. She was acting from her ego. And she said that the next day she woke up and it felt like a hangover. She was so drained after that experience that it felt like her drug addict days where she was literally hungover. So, um, it, and it's so true. I've been in those situations where, you know, maybe it hasn't been that extreme, but I've been, you know, having to be fake or to be a certain way um, with a group of people and it just doesn't feel good and so I think that's why this intense authenticity is crucial for happiness and crucial to do great things in the world so I think 
Speaking of hangovers, Katie, you just reminded me of something that Brené Brown talks about with her vulnerability hangovers. Absolutely. Speak about that, but I find sometimes, you know, we're so keen to kind of put up defences and put these fronts on, and actually it's the yielding of, you know, of sort of being vulnerable and just and trying to speak your truth, and it's it's almost like it feels so hard sometimes just to sort of let everything be stripped back. Mm. But when you do do it, it's it's so it feels effortless in a way and easy when you manage to get there. Yeah. You know, you fight so much with these sort of facades and putting things out, these veneers, and it is you like you said, it's draining. Mm. Um, yeah. But the, the opposite of that, once you master it, and we're still very much on the journey of mastering yeah. it, but. It's practicing. something much gentler. And when you're in that position, when you find yourself a bit like Gabby, um, you find yourself in that position where you're you're being fake um, or you feel like you have to be and it's, it's really blooming uncomfortable. I would stay there. When we're back in the day, I would stay in that place. I would stay around those people or in those situations that made me feel that. Now, I get the hell out of them as soon as I can because, of course, it's going to come up sometimes. But, you know, we found, like, some um, old friendship groups. And, I, you know, I still love a lot of those people dearly like my I will always love them but where I am with my life and where they're with their life it, it doesn't we don't really have stuff to talk about anymore because they don't want to talk about the sort of stuff um that we talk about and it's kind of it can be quite awkward and I I remember I really grieved that for a while and actually now I think both of us got to a place of surrender and acceptance and it's detaching with love um you know you people move on and, and in different right. places but want to sit there and be fake um and I and I don't think you know they don't really want to sit there and and be fake either if they if they don't want to talk to us about you know addicted daughter or what's going on it, it can be yeah it's it's interesting it's yeah. interesting it's funny when you make changes because you do we I think we thought at the beginning gosh you know we've lied so much and it was that there were there was suddenly a lot of friends who we were no longer you know participating in the same activities of going out and doing all-nighters and that sort of thing but actually we've both realized that it's been quite a gradual kind of people just drift out of your life or mm. you drift out of theirs it was it's never had to for, I think for the most part we've never yeah. had to have any kind of purposeful conversations with friends where mm. you know we're no longer close it just sort of very gradually happens when you make changes you know people are maybe you know new people are drawn in and, and other people kind of just mm. gently drift away and it's quite a gentle process and I guess we have grieved it a little bit because it's mm. changed but it's I guess been necessary as well yeah 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 and it, it probably a lot of that has to do with the fact that when you were in that place that they might still be in now you were coming from your ego and they were coming from their ego and you really weren't being your authentic self when you were friends with them so the whole friendship as a whole might not have even been something that actually served the two of you. So, yeah, exactly. It's, of course, at the time you think when you're in it, you think it is, but right. look, you know what what productive came out of there. I often I often would come away and just feel not good about myself. Um, but when you before you've kind of learned or you you started to yeah to change or to learn or to hear these to to realize there's a different way of living you don't know any better so you just live in ego you have no idea that you're living in that that's what's going on Mm -hmm. but that is what's going on and that's what's holding you back and making you unhappy but awareness is you know until you have the awareness you can't change anything Mm -hmm. absolutely awareness is key and I think that was crucial in you guys turning your lives around so I'd love to 
zoom the lens back a little bit and talk about um, where you guys are now and what you love about your lives now. We talked a lot about where you've been and, and kind of what your past was like, but I'd love to hear the, um, the contrast here with how your lives are structured now. Well, firstly, as we said, it's a Friday night and it's uh, <laughs> 22 p.m. And both of us are sitting on Joey's bed um, talking to you, you, your lovely self. Yeah. And, and my former self would have kind of literally been absolutely horrified. At, you know, why are you not out? Like, it's Friday night. Go do something. You're in London. blah blah. And now I'm like, I'm having fun. I know I'm going to wake up tomorrow. No how. I'm going to a 12-step meeting and then meeting a, a friend for um, tea. Um, I get to hang out with my best friend. Uh, when we, if, there's, if we've got a problem or we feel a bit funny with each other, which, of course, working together and being best friends, that's inevitable at times, we courage to say it now and, um, you know, be able to be more honest with each other instead of just kind of sulking or mm. whatever, having passive-aggressive type behavior which is amazing um I think a huge thing for both of us is that we've always been ambitious girls and um back in the day you know we were the ones at 5am at a house party on the second or third bottle of wine telling everyone how you know what our future was going to mm. be and the, the dreams of the acting or whatever it was you know we were going to take over the world um and then of course you spend the next day in bed and forget all about everything you'd said and tell people <laughs> Yeah. Um, and I think the changes now, if you kind of do zoom out, as you said, is that we're actually getting shit done. Mm. Um, and that's something that was not happening a few years ago. You know, we spoke about it a lot, but we we really put little into action. Mm. Um, whereas this week we've had an amazing week. Um, addictive daughter. You know, we've we've had some really incredible meetings. We've been so busy. We just wish there was more hours in the day and we're feeling so purposeful. Yeah. And you know? fulfilled, which is really nice because I remember sitting in my flat when I was uh, back in the acting days after drama school and just sitting there on Wednesday morning watching this show called Jeremy Kyle, which I believe has actually made its way over to the States now. And I just sit there and kind of just like, you know, sit on my ass all day with mm -hmm. doing nothing and waiting for my agent to call. It was just, it was just so unfulfilling and it made, you know, valued myself by, oh, well, I must be a crap person. I must not be worth anything because why am I not, acting or why am I not doing something and actually it turns out that that just wasn't the path that, that I was meant calling, to be on right? yeah. it wasn't the calling and now it's amazing I think that's the biggest thing for us that we found the thing that that gives our life meaning mm, yeah. um, and there was something you know mm. some people are meant to go into the acting world and do amazing things and there is something for everyone and I think yeah. it's about finding a purpose and I think a big part of it to daughter is that we've been able to kind of to find that and run with it and it, it feels just bloody great to be honest Does. and it's it's really I think that's probably one of the key things that we want to um other addictive daughters who may be going through a bit of a quarter life crisis 20 something um that's that's the thing that we'd really like to get a message to them is you know we know we've got a lot of amazing friends who are very like us and they're kind of it, there's a big in, in Britain at the moment there's a big feeling of change that's coming like people are have had enough they are miserable this whole there's constantly binge drinking particularly with women mm. constantly in the papers and everyone is just starting to have enough and go there's got to be another way I can't I can't keep going down this path anymore which is where we were last year 
Um, so changes in the air. And I think um, I think that's it. We know that those girls, as in the same way that we do, they will have a calling, they will have a purpose. And when they get onto that path of looking after themselves, discovering who they are and what their authentic self is, they will their calling will just happen. It will just come to them. You don't have to go out and look for it. It will come to you. Um, and I think that's a really big message that we want. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like that quote, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And I, I think everything you need in that other, um, Yogi Bhajan poem where he says, um, if you need a million things, a million things will reach you. If you just be you. Well, we were just talking about how, when you find your purpose, you can really, connect in with um, who you really are and, and start to do great things in the world. And, and you guys were talking a little bit about how acting for you kind of launched you into this, but it was a way for you to not be who you actually are. And, and I just think it's kind of funny because I was going to come to this point and just tell you guys how articulate and amazing and adorable the two of you are on video and using that as your platform. And I was going to kind of ask you why you guys decided to do that. But it's really clear to me that this is such a great example of everything happens for a reason because mm -hmm. you, you guys have such great skill with what you developed um, from your acting careers and, and from your schooling and that I would suspect. And maybe you wouldn't have been led there if you didn't want to cover something up and you didn't want to be someone else so it's just kind of funny how those things yeah. work really. it's so funny yeah. how all these things and before I went to it everything is linked in so crazily perfectly because before I before drama school I went to um I did my English literature degree which has been obviously very useful for addictive daughter for writing purposes and both Joe and myself have had also been doing mentoring tutoring things like that you know having this is before addictive daughter having no idea that we'd end up doing this but all the skills that we've been trained in over our lives have kind of perfectly complemented and yeah. tied into addictive daughter it's so funny and it's you know so at the funny. time when certain when things go wrong when shit hits the fan it's so hard to see where the gems might be mm. and you know when we first you know like when we mentioned last year when everything went very wrong with a with our kind of addict partners there was no way of us seeing first foreseeing then what that could have led to and and mm. look where we are and and it is that thing of sometimes I think you've just got to hold on and have the faith just move through whatever you're going through but often in hindsight you you do see and you go what that, that had to happen you know because it led me here yeah the minute you say I believe there is something game-changing when you say when you're in a painful dark place and you say I want things to change I am willing to do what it takes, mm -hmm. you know, universe, God, whatever you, whatever you want to call, um, even if you don't believe in that, whatever, just put out, out there outside of yourself that I want things, um, to change. And, and I believe that things come to you. They just do as mm -hmm. they're meant to, but you have to have the willingness to want it and to want to be, to reach your potential. And, um, what can you learn? Yeah from every situation yeah. I guess what can you learn yeah yeah I mean it's when you make that shift where every situation is either happening as you want or if it's not there's a lesson to be learned there and yeah. I know that for me it's when something's not going right I'm I have this new mindset where it's just okay there's something to be learned here great you know I'm ready to learn it I'm open to learn it teach me so I can move on from this and I think that was a huge shift in my life yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. Cool. Well, 
I want to talk now about um, the thing that has been through this entire conversation so far. You guys keep alluding to last year and a year ago at this time. And that, to me, is crazy that you've come this far in just a year. It's it's really, like, amazing. And, and I want to, like, commend you guys for that. But I would have thought that this has – you've been on this – path for much longer. So I think that right there can be really inspiring to someone how quick things can turn around. I yeah. think it's the nature of being an addictive daughter. Yeah, when when you want to to get shit done like it happens yeah. quickly. That's the thing. Last summer I guess, you know, for me um after after the to, the two breakups which took place in um kind of May last year, right? Yeah, May 2012. So I guess we're moving on for almost 2 years now. Yeah. moving towards that point but um you know we really had an intensive period that summer of it was kind of like you know a DIY retreat rehab, rehab that we, we yeah made our own rehab for ourselves we really went headlong nice. into it we read so much we we found out about some amazing people who were doing some amazing work across the globe and just really threw ourselves into it um and I guess that's sort of the intensity of someone with an addictive personality maybe yeah yeah um, we, we I, kind of became by by changing and discovering this whole new world had opened up to us and bearing in mind that it's funny because seeds had obviously been planted you know I'd seen my parents go to rehab I'd know 12 steps had been a talk, talk in my house ever since I can remember but uh, I wasn't ready for it then and the first time I ever actually um it all it kind of really started the story me and Joey were living together um, for a period uh, a while after we graduated from university. From drama school. Dra- drama school, that's it, sorry. And 2010 was the year that both of us were our biggest mess. I mean, I was kind of doing acting work all over the globe, but I was kind of having very toxic relationships with men. Um, Joey, you had a, a bad breakup, Very, very a bad very relationship. Bad was in a very despondent place, drinking yeah. a lot, and then had a sort of succession of men on the go. Yeah, all the one-night stands, the drugs, like everything. That was our year of excess hedonism craziness. Persia positively ballooned. I put on year. two stone in about two months when I was doing an acting job in China. Um, I mean, it, things were not good. Joey got... <laughs> Acne. acne. <laughs> Riddled with acne. We were basically, you know, outwardly manifesting what was going on within. It was yeah. not cool at it all. It was not it was good. quite distressing. And what happened was, because I put all this weight on, my dad, in a really loving way, said, darling, um, how would you feel about going to a colonic retreat in Thailand? Mm-hmm. And I'd actually been with him for a few days, a few years before, and I said, okay, free holiday to Thailand, I'm in. Um, and I, I took the hint, you know, I needed, I needed to lose the weight and I needed to lose it fast because my acting career wasn't going so well. And just before I went, literally the day before I went, I was at my one of my oldest friend's house and I was sitting on her bed with her. And across um, on the, her bookshelf, this, this book just dumped out at me, this title. And um, it was Women Who Love Too Much by Robin Norwood. And I remember thinking, that's a crap title. How rubbish. Anyway, I went over and I picked this book up. I don't know why. Um, I opened it just on a random page, and I this the sentence that jumped out at me was it said something like the daughters of addicts will be, are very predisposed to becoming um, addicts or codependent yeah. themselves. And then it went on to list, you know, if a daughter of addict is very likely to have issues around food, um, around drink and drugs, but mainly around men. And the big thing for me all my life, I've um, I've 
basically had an issue with staying faithful. I've cheated on, you know, every boyfriend I've had because I was really afraid of commitment. It was a way that was kind of my addictive behavior. It was using, it was kind of a way of stopping intimacy. And so when I read this, I was like, blimey. And um, anyway, my friend said, oh, down with you. And I read this book and it talked about Alan on this 12 step fellowship and you know I, it was saying basically you've got to go and I got back and I went I went and um and then a couple of months later is when um I ended up going out with my my ex-boyfriend who's an addict who'd been he was in recovery at the time and it was like I came into my life because I really my parents by this time were sober but I wasn't ready to really kind of let go of the childhood and deal with it and it was like he was almost given to me as a gift for me to work through that stuff in the same way for Joey um we've both been given I think relationships for us kind of you know we started addictive daughter because of heartbreak and relationships have been the most important and biggest and and kind of most challenging aspect for us and um and so for me today when you're going back to the question you said earlier about what's changed for me I've now been with my boyfriend for over a year this is um and I it's the most fulfilling healthy amazing relationship and he's not an addict which is completely insane I haven't had a boyfriend who's not been an addict for a long time and uh yeah I think our 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 attitudes around relationships and how we behave in them has completely changed and when something isn't working or or there's there's problems we we are we now you know confront them instead of living in denial that's amazing that's amazing you guys have are so inspiring and just have come so far so talking a little bit more about um that word addiction and being an addict and you guys say that you love addicts and um addiction can be like an arrow you know if you point it at your foot it's bad but if you point it somewhere good like addictive daughter it can be so unbelievably good so could you talk a little bit about that yeah it's really interesting actually we, we've been discussing earlier today we've had a lot of people say um oh I don't I don't think it's really possible to get addicted to the good stuff because essentially addictions are very it's a very dangerous and very negative thing and 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 essentially what we were saying before is that an addiction, you know, begins as a habit, mm. um, any behavior that you engage in. And yes, destructively, you know, if you're looking at kind of substance, um, for example, it's something that can get out of control and, you know, you, you have a dependence, like, dependency on it and it grows into an addiction. Um, but it's a habit. And, and in the same way, you know, we are we have addictive personalities. I think a lot of people. Do. Mm. Um, and it's saying, well, listen, if you've got an addictive personality, it's not necessarily, it could be very difficult to completely eliminate that as part of your personality. Um, but surely it's better to get addicted to healthy habits, mm. you know, that come from a place of love yeah. um, towards yourself, you know, things that help you look after yourself. Um, and, then, rather- and by doing that, therefore, it's a positive influence on the world because mm-hmm. you're, if you're looking after yourself and taking care of yourself, naturally the next thing that happens is you're you're going to go and do something good in the world because Mm -hmm. that love overflows and it spills out and you want to direct it and you want other people to experience what you're experiencing yeah absolutely so something else that I'm curious about with you guys and um and I honestly I could just listen to your cute British accents all day but with um the cultural differences between over here in the states and um over where you guys are, is it really 
would you guys say that the the stigma attached to self-help is different over there than it is even here? Definitely. Yes. Big styling. British Mm -hmm. people do not want to talk about their problems. No, no, no. We like to just pretend that they're not happening and we kind of want escapism all the time. So we we read Grazia magazine or we drink or we take drugs. We push the problems down. And of course it doesn't... That's really interesting to me. Temporary plaster over. We just we're we're not very open people, Katie. I'm afraid. Like culture, we're not. We, there is still this whole of lip mentality in England. Mm-hmm. Um, really struggle to to get honest and, and to, with ourselves, let alone anyone else, and say I need help. I'm having a problem because we see that. I think we still kind of see that as weakness. Right. Um, I think that I I love um, the openness of the Americans. Of course, it's a generalization, but it's right, in my. Right quite true um and I think it goes without saying you guys have people like Marie Folio, Gabriel Bernstein your lovely self doing incredible things and there are people doing that in England but no one really knows about them um it's there's kind of yeah the stigma is still very much there and that's what we really want to change and challenge and and say it's actually it is cool to to look after yourself and love yourself and do something worthwhile with your life why is it cool to be miserable and to kind of carry on in self-destructive pursuits because that's what we kind of make out here isn't it that's the idea that we kind of sell to ourselves definitely absolutely I mean that it's it's really interesting to me um that you guys say that and I think I can relate a lot to what you're going through with um wellness and self-love and self-help being not the norm where you are because while it is prevalent here in the United States for sure where I happen to live it's not at all and I kind of take that as an opportunity and just kind of say there's so much work for there to be done here and I think that's kind of the opportunity that you guys have in your country as they need you you know and they they it's your right and it's your um, responsibility to share this work because so many people need you and I just I think that's awesome definitely thank you thank you I think it's nice because we've kind of got the two you know we've got the self-help thing and I think linking it with the sort of addictive personality or, mm. or addiction um, you know we were kind of unsure I guess as to how it was going to be received but all we knew is that we were coming from that place and we'd made these changes and our lives had improved so we decided to sort of share what we knew mm. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it it has to be a good thing because at the end of the day, if you've got a problem with sort of destructive pursuits, which to be honest in Britain, we definitely do. I think we've got the highest rate of female alcoholics in Europe Mm -hmm. now. So to say that there isn't an issue and there isn't an interesting attitude going on with, you know, women and alcohol in Britain is, um, is quite frankly a lie. Um, (laughs) but you know, I think. It's, um, <laughs> but it's just like, you know, you've got to make it fun and appealing. It doesn't have to be a miserable thing. Exactly. Um, and, and you don't want to make people feel bad about it. Like, no, one thing we don't want, the, uh, the most important thing we say is we don't want to shame people. Yeah. And it, that is hard because we, we have to really catch ourselves and go, we, we hope that we're not saying you can't drink, you can't, if you want to do drugs, you can do drugs. If you want to, whatever you want to do is all good. Yeah. We just ask that you're really honest with yourself about how you feel about them. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, we know that it's reaching people because of the responses. We can see on our website, like Google Analytics, when we put, um we, we wrote this article called How to Gain a Guy in 10 Ways, which was actually all about you know 
being the best that you can be. But it had a kind of catchy marketing title. Um, and the figures obviously went up massively that day. Um, and But people often in England don't want to share or like because it makes them look weak and oh it makes me look like I, I you know I'm desperate and I want a boyfriend and we, we get loads of emails from people who kind of or, or people take us aside at the pub if we, we go and meet a group of friends and they say I just think what you're doing is amazing it's really helping me it's but it's all very like please don't tell anyone please yeah. do not tell anyone I told you that oh my um, gosh that's so funny in America people are much more open about yeah. saying yeah it's aspirational whereas here what we're trying to do is challenge you know get rid of the stigma and, and ch- change things so it becomes aspirational to you know it's so yeah. ridiculous aspirational to love yourself to do what you want to do to to you know have healthy habits yeah. but it's not like in england it's that's not cool that's not like right. how people but it will be it, it will be it <laughs> will be you guys are well on your way that's really interesting to me because i just didn't realize the contrast there, I really didn't. And so it's it's really cool to shed light on that a little bit and, and know that we've got some, um, we've got a leg up on our friends across the pond there. And I think we really need to, to help you guys make that cool. And I'm going to tweet and like as much as I can because maybe it'll spawn some other people to do so too. That's really funny. That's really interesting. So I guess it's a nice segue too to my, to my next question, which is going to be, what are your big picture goals for Addictive Daughter? Where do you like to see it in, say, five years or ten years? And, and what would you like to be happening? I'm sure that one of the things is for the stigma to kind of melt away. Yeah, definitely. I think, I mean, that is the biggest goal, I think, is that we would see England catching up with our friends across the pond and changing. Because, you know, I'm sure at some point America um, was in a more similar place to where we are now um there's i'm sure that they, they've changed a lot and we we want that to happen in england we want there to be a massive shift in attitude and that goes kind of hand in hand with attitude to addiction because the thing is there's issues around addiction and depression and our attitudes towards them because of the stigma um people don't understand them so think negatively about them so that's one thing we want to change but also it's mainly about self-help and looking after yourself and wellness there's you know I think in in this country that there's that attitude of self-help is reserved for the middle-aged kind of uh frumpy woman in a bookstore hiding in the self-help aisle you know weeping over you can heal your life or something like that and actually what we want to make it cool accessible we want to see people um going out and doing amazing things Mm. because we have this kind of vision of um an army of addictive daughters we're we're not for everyone um addictive daughter will appeal very specifically to a very specific type of girl and that is like a girl like us someone who um has you know she's got skills she is independent and got a lot of great things about her ambitious slightly obsessive slightly slightly obsessive um probably very destructive parties too much toxic relationships etc um but what she does have is she an edgy within her and she knows she knows she's always known since she was little that there's something about her that there's something special but she just doesn't quite know what it is and she she knows that she's meant to do something amazing in this life but she's not quite sure what or how that's going to happen and once she um hopefully you know goes through the addictive daughter process and gets mentoring or or you know kind of basically sorts her shit out quite frankly um and therefore when that happens like with us you you stop being trapped by your by yourself Stop holding yourself and sabotaging. And 
and whatever your I guess I think Gabrielle Bernstein often calls it like assignment isn't in the world maybe what's on your heart is um to go and you know make schools in third world countries or um to go and develop kind of um training programs or whatever thing is your thing you will then go and take that and do it in the world and you'll get it done because you have an addictive personality so you will make sure you get it done Mm -hmm. and you will and people will be drawn to that and attracted to it because you've got this kind of fizzing energy of I've got to get you know make something happen and that's what we want to see we want social change yeah um, that's the the big vision yeah and I guess on a kind of smaller scale that could be slightly more um monitored uh we are kind of got two books um in production which we're we haven't approached publishers with to be honest yet because we want them to be really good mm-hmm. um but we're we're writing two books um we've got um we're, we're already actually doing some exciting things in england um with a couple of the females magazines i don't know if you know about okay magazine do you have that in america i think we do yeah yeah so we've just done a feature in okay magazine nice all about kind of women and drinking really and um trying to change attitudes and we're regular columnists for a magazine called new magazine as well which is very kind of celebrities it's a celebrity type of magazine and teenage girls reading this so we we've got this kind of called sexy savvy self-help we basically went in with the um we got ourselves into a meeting again only an addicted daughter could do this but um wangled our way into a meeting with um the uh marketing director the the managing director of this huge um company kind of what's it advertising and yeah basically they own a loads of magazines and tv channels um yeah and we we had a meeting with him pitched and said look we would really like um to get our word out there and he said i believe in what you're doing column in one of your regular columns a regular column and we got it and and you know that's a great starting point because for us at the moment it's about spreading the word yeah um we would we want as many women as possible to know about it. Yeah. Um, and also, we're also doing some quite exciting work with um, the Amy Winehouse Foundation, who are taking um, work into schools and speaking to young people about alcohol, about self-worth, you know, self-esteem. So we're involved in that as well, which is really great and, and lovely to be able to kind of meet young people and, um, and I guess get a little bit of instant kind of... Um, feedback's probably not the right word but you know you, you get to sort of share your experience with these young girls yeah and um and see how you know how it affects them and, and how possibly by the time you leave at the end of that morning session um, planted a seed. you've planted a seed which yeah. may be very useful for them in the years to come as they're growing up exactly oh, absolutely I mean I would have loved for you guys to come into my school and talk to me and make this stuff cool and I would have looked up to you and just lived my life modeled after the way you guys are living now and I think it's just beautiful and transformational that you're doing this and and again the those placements those beautiful wonderful mainstream placements that you guys have gotten are really just a testament to the good work you're doing and the universe supporting that and um gabby says in her god is my publicist course she she mentions a lot again what i what i said before which is just that when you're doing good work it's not only 
your duty to share it, but your responsibility to share it and to get it seen. And that's what you guys are doing, you know, going into that meeting and getting it into the hands of the people who need to see it most, which is probably the people who aren't searching for it. So um, I know Gabby tells a story about her placement in Elle magazine where she knew where her audience was and they weren't in the self-help aisle. They were in the glossy fashion magazine and that's where she knew she needed to be to reach them because they were the seeker that didn't know they were a seeker. And I think that really speaks to your audience. That's really interesting. We didn't know that she'd done that. But yeah, I mean, it's so true is um, a lot of people that is they have no idea about self-help or how it might benefit um so yeah it is reaching them um exactly and we're making a good start we'll make it, and we, we've just um quite recently done a documentary with um russell brand and davina mccall who russell brands yeah, i think he's in hollywood quite a lot he was married to katie perry he's a comedian um very funny he actually went to our drama school and no anyway way, the, that's the, so cool yeah so again it was another funny link but um he uh the the documentary was what was it called a royal called, hangover, yeah, a royal hangover. <laughs> and it's it's all about um britain and and uh you know our boozing and everything so we we've done some interviews with that and also we're starting to talk all over the country um we're starting in a few weeks actually and then next year we've got kind of tour, tours at various well-being type things and we're starting to do some talks in schools and hopefully universities too and another thing we want to do but probably because we, you know we've got the background in the acting we we like being we feel comfortable on stage we like talking it's lovely being up there with you know your best friend it's great so we want to be you know coming to america and doing all talking and really traveling the world doing it and meeting different people and seeing how um how the message of getting addicted to the good stuff can can spread all over the world because of course addiction and people with addictive personalities are not just in england they are all over the world mm-hmm. so Absolutely. Wow. Well, I am so on board and I couldn't agree more. I want to be on stage right with you guys. I mean, this is this is amazing. And I I love bringing this conversation to mainstream. That's that's my dream, too. So this is just this has been so cool. Um, So now I really would love to get personal with each of you guys, Um, even this all has been pretty darn personal. But um, you guys ready for it? Yeah, I hope so. Okay, cool. Well, I want to know, this is like my favorite question to ask, window into your lives. Can you guys each individually walk us through your morning routines? Maybe like the first three things you do when you wake up and the specifics of how you start your day and why that's important to how the rest of your day goes. Mm-hmm. Okay, first three things. Um for Joey, first for thing. me, okay. So I have been inspired by Marie Folio's. She's got this thing called NNT, non-negotiable time. And I always know when my life's going off track when I don't stick to my three non-negotiable time activities. Um, and I can actually tell you what they are because they're on my ceiling above my bed. <laughs> I oh, love that. Because oh, you didn't realise it's right <laughs> above us. So I will read them to you, Katie. So my first NNT is um, a daily run slash exercise and stretch. Um, My number two is a proper breakfast with vitamins and a glass of water. Really important for me. I think it's something that I have to do every morning in order to start my day well is to take time over eating my breakfast um, and just to get my head in the right space before I turn my Mac on and start looking at Facebook and Twitter and all the madness is just to have a little bit of time out for me. 
that's a really big one for me. Um, and the third one, uh, my third NNT is inspiration. So it says article, novel, vlog, um, meeting or meditation. And that has to happen daily. I have to do something to inspire myself, no matter how busy, busy I am. Um, so yeah, I mean, they don't always happen all three in the morning. Um, it depends on the, the schedule for the day, but there are three things that I really try to do on a daily basis. Cause I know that it keeps me happy and healthy. Yeah. And now over to Persia, it's me. Um, my my first thing for quite a long time, I'm very, 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 very big on gratitude lists. And um, they've, they've completely transformed my my perspective and my way of thinking because I can so easily go into a little grumpy brat, as anyone who knows me will tell you, um, where I, I can find, I, I'm amazing at whinging about, I can find something to whinge about. It doesn't matter if everything is going perfect. I will find something to whinge about. So straight in the morning, um, I either will just lie in bed for a minute and just go over everything I have to be grateful for, however small or big that may be. Um, sometimes, like often, it will be I've got a kind of actual book that I write these things down. But if I don't have time to do that, I'll just kind of say them out loud or in my head, um, which straight away changes my perspective. Um, I've very recently got back into yoga and kind of pranayama breathing i just uh, a few weeks ago got, got back from india with i went with my mum and dad and boyfriend and my parents are completely addicted to india which we think is a good thing to be addicted to and we stayed at an incredible um retreat there and you know it was just amazing doing yoga every morning and stretching and because i used to do dance and ballet and things it's nice to get back into that routine it makes me feel really good in my body and i love the kind of spiritual practice of yoga um I kind of see that almost as an act of, um, like, kind of an act of worship um, to God and also, like, you know, just a respect for my body, which is really important to me. Um, and then, like, Joey, kind of while I, after that, while I eat my breakfast um, and have my cup of tea, I will sit and do a daily reading. Um, I've got, me and Joey both got a little app on our phone. Um, it's Melody BT's, what's it called? Codependency. Codependency or Codependent No More or something like that. So cool. Um, but or, so good. Yeah, no, so it's good. called Letting Go, isn't Letting it? Go, Letting Go, that's it. What is it? This is an app? Yeah, oh my oh, gosh. You'll love this, Katie. Melody Beatty, it's called The Language of Letting Go, Daily Meditations on Codependency. But to be honest, I mean, they're applicable to most people from whatever walk of life. It's not, I mean, some of them are centered on codependency, but it's just healthy living and having a ha healthy attitude. Yeah. Um, and that's great. So we both look at that every day as well. And yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Well, that sounds lovely. And I love that you have them above your bed. How cool is that? What a good idea. I can never forget. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. So, okay, so the last question I want to ask you guys before we do some quick fire questions is this. So the name, as you guys know, of my blog and this podcast is The Wellness Wonderland. So when I offer that term to you guys, what does living in the wellness wonderland or a wellness wonderland mean to you? And what actions what do you need to take to make sure that you're there every day? Okay. Mm -hmm. Do you mean, um, so is that sort of physically, emotionally, every? Yeah, whatever, whatever, however you want to interpret it, really. I think for me, the Wonderland part is a sense of fun. Um, there's something kind of a, a magical kind of feeling. And it's, all, I don't know, I've just got this picture of like, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, like you know, the crazy fun factory, or like a roller coaster park, whatever they're called. Um, and I think that it's there's a, a big sense of like I've always liked fun, and for me, fun used to be drink, drugs, um, kind of 
crazy relationships with men, things like that, that weren't actually very good for me. And they left me feeling um, that short term, great, long term, horrendous. Um, so I think that the uh, the Wonderland part is like, how can I have a sense of fun every day um, that doesn't have negative consequences? That's been like a really big learning curve for me. And actually, you know, I spend a lot of time with my best friend working towards a goal that is very fulfilling with Addictive Daughter. Mm. Um, so that is that's kind of being in my wellness wonderland. It, it leaves me feeling um, useful and like I'm doing something good in this world. Um, doing yoga keeps my body in a good place mm-hmm. um what communication else is a yeah. big one for me that I've really learned and, and as Persia's touched on working and spending so much time with your best friend and maintaining the friendship element is is actually quite challenging mm. brilliant challenge um but you know we have to be so honest with each other and mm. and really make sure that resentment doesn't creep in and um and I think that's for me it bleeds into all areas of life um communication and boundaries mm. how do I keep myself well is by knowing what I will and will not accept from people mm. um and not feeling bad about it actually you know I'm I'm I try to be kind but I also know you know what's going to make me feel good and the people that maybe I need to take a step back from mm. um, um yeah I think there's also um this just a simple question that you ask yourself at the beginning of the day that will, will change your day is um instead of what can I get from today what can I give today in every situation that I go into this is a kind of a big idea from Marianne Williamson so go before a meeting send your love send your um kind of prayers to everyone in that room send your positive intentions and thoughts and and when you're in there just what can I give what can I you know I I, I can be quite selfish at times and quite thoughtless that's kind of an my natural um thing I I, I often will just you know can, can be quite selfish and so, so I've learned, you know, the relationship that I'm in that's so healthy is because I have to keep reminding myself every day, what can I give him today? What can I say that's loving? Um, mm. What little things can I do? And it's, it, you know, you have to remind yourself because it's so easy to forget. Um, and I think finally also that to keep ourselves well, me and Joey, being addicted to the good stuff is great and it has been got a lot done for Addictive Daughter but it can be so hard to stop working because mm-hmm. we love what we do and it doesn't mm-hmm. work. But we have to, you know, we have to like literally be in a conversation. We, we say to each other sometimes, okay, we're not allowed to mention Addictive Daughter for the next 20 minutes or half an hour. We're just going to be Persia and Joey friends. Ah, so hard. It's really difficult. Um, and we just were talking today about having, you know, a day off on the weekend. And... And and I said, okay, we should have one day off. And, and Joey said, no, we should have two. And I was like, oh, I, but because like that would mean not doing anything for it. Like I can't get my head around that. And so we, it's it's having boundaries of going, okay, we don't want this to turn into workaholism now. Yeah, because right. um, there has to be for us to say sane and not get burnout. We have to look after ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. I can I can totally relate to that because again, when you are in line with your purpose even though you are doing work in the world, it's such good work that it doesn't feel like work to you. And that's the true test that you're doing it right, that it is really your purpose. But that balance of, okay, maybe I don't need to write 10 blog posts or, or do this right now, even though it's fun for me. Maybe I just need to be a person and, and read a book, something nonfiction, you know, and so, um, or fiction. Um, so anyway, so it, it's nice to know I'm not the only one that, that struggles with that. Yeah, so, okay, so now I want to do some quick fire questions with you to wrap. So just say the first thing that comes to your mind for these. Are you guys ready? Yeah. 
Okay, favorite colors. Blue. Pink. No, it's not. It's red. It's red. Red. <laughs> favorite beauty ritual. Bathing ritual. Beauty Sorry? ritual. Beauty ritual. Do you know what? I'm going to be really honest. I am one lazy bitch when it comes to this. I think I barely, you know, I, no, I was about to say I barely wash. No, I wash, but I, a bit of moisturizer, that's about it. Really? <laughs> that was Persia. Just to, <laughs> that was Persia who said that. I do wash. Joey does wash. Um, I would say probably um, exfoliating. I really enjoy smooth skin. <laughs> nice. Favorite day of the week. Saturday. Saturday to Persia. Joey, Monday. Favourite hour of the day? Um, I say 7am. Oh, God. Um, yeah, I would say 11am for Joey. Favourite vegetable? <laughs> butternut squash. Yeah. <laughs> for both? I'm going to go sweet potato. Okay. Joey's butternut squash. Yeah, I'm in that same family of each other. Favourite fruit? <gasps> Mango. Easy. Yeah. Yeah, ditto. Yeah, I'm so good. Favorite ways to relax at the end of the day? I do like a good bath. I do like a good bath. Mm-hmm. Also, I I like a bit of the Kardashian show because it <laughs> off, and I go not in self help world anymore. <laughs> do you know what my way to react? This is Joey. My way to relax is to watch um, vlogs, other people's vlogs. That's not yeah. probably the best way, is it? But I like that's my way of winding yeah. down. Yeah. I like watching other people speak. Yeah, I do too. It is. I can. I can get lost on YouTube for hours. Uh, <laughs> TED Talks is amazing. Yes, mm-hmm. you guys will be up there. We'll be up there, all three of us together someday. Yeah. <laughs> um, who is the funniest person you guys know? Are you going to say Russell Brand? No, we don't. We don't know him. Sadly, like we don't know. <laughs> Um, to say but no. we know I think my mother this person my mother my father and my sister actually and my boyfriend I'm very lucky they are all the most inappropriate people I have ever met and they're all kind of the most immediate people to me Joey is also absolutely hilarious the more you get to know her the funnier she becomes but she doesn't realize she's being funny which is the, the gold that's the sad part <laughs> for me I really don't realize um oh god I don't actually know if I know any funny people I know Persia I'm not really sure. Yeah, Persia's pretty funny. <laughs> what superhero power, if you guys could have a superhero power for a day, what would it be? Um, I think it would be it'd be really boring, like productivity, just to get like everything done in one day. Uh, to travel around <laughs> London, um, yeah, like in super speed, because transport for London is just or no or be flying or like no no that where you yeah can get somewhere really quick because then we could be sitting with you doing this yeah oh that would be so fun we could all be like cuddling and eating butternut squash and mangoes and then watch some TED talks that's it that would be lovely that would be amazing we could even exfoliate um what is your favorite vacation spot well, I've just got back from mine. It's um, the Ananda Spa in the Himalayas in India. You cannot beat it. Incredible. Amazing. That's wow. perfect. And um, my favourite one is um, my parents actually recently bought a little villa in France. And it's very simple, but it's just a really nice place to go. Cheap flights, um, nice warm weather in the south of France. And it's always a little retreat um, for me. And, and Persia and I go out there and, and sort of do a little bit of work out there and have a little bit of a sunbathe. And yeah, get inspired. It's, it's get, yeah, it's a really good place to go. So that's mine. Mm, they both sound lovely. Can I come? You, 
course she can. can. What is your favorite on the go snack? Dried mango. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> mm, oh, these are meant to be quick fire. Um, I'm going to say cashew nuts. Mm, both sound good. They'd be too good together, like a little trail mix. Um, what is your favorite breakfast? Do you guys have the same thing for breakfast every day? Um, you like porridge. Yeah, you? I like porridge. But uh, you know what? I, this I actually got this off Joey's sister. I like porridge oats cold with um, like coconut milk or almond milk or whatever it is. It's actually people never think of having porridge cold, but it's actually for for refreshing uh, breakfast. Mm, yeah, um, I quite like if I'm really making an effort. Scrambled eggs, smoked salmon, and avocado. Yep, I but mean, that's yeah, not a so daily good. practice. Good. But um, but I really do enjoy that. <laughs> that they all sound amazing. Um, what is one thing that one food that you guys usually eat every day? You're probably gonna say mangoes. Mango, yeah. <laughs> avocado. Joey eats yeah. an avocado. No, we a day. love our avocados. Yeah. We're obsessed by them. Yeah. They're the best. What about your favorite movies? Oh my goodness me. Oh, Bridesmaids, I think, mm-hmm. is one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. It's such a weird movie, but it's great. <laughs> um, that's kind of the, the laugh out loud. But Stand By Me, another... <gasps> Do you know what I was just thinking Wow, that? So tuned in. Yeah, yeah Stand By that. Me. Amazing. Love it. You guys are so cute. I can just feel your best friend energy. I'm loving it. <laughs> what about your favourite books? Oh my goodness. Ooh, I'm reading a book at the moment um, called How uh, Half the Sky, How to Change the World. Oh, it's amazing. Marie Forleo talks about it. It's, yes, I think that's where I uh, decided to order it because she recommended it. And I'm not even finished with it yet. It's, um, you know, it's probably not the most optimistic read in some people's opinion. But oh my gosh, does it make you really want to live your purpose and appreciate what you have and make a difference to other people? It's very moving. Oh so my that- gosh, it absolutely does. I even have a blog post on it, which I will put the link below for everybody. But it is amazing. It's an amazing documentary. You guys have to see the movie. It's really life changing. Did not know there was a There's film. There's a movie. Ah. Yes, there is. I will send it to you guys. Fantastic. Thank I think you. for me, um, oh God, there's so many, but I did English lit at uni. So there's things like the classics, like The Great Gatsby, etc., which I mm, love. So um, good. Kind of more, I'd say an arty, self-helpy type, beautiful book. It, uh, the Paolo Coelho books, um, 11 Minutes was a book that, re- like, I know, it, I don't think it's one of his best known, but it is a really beautiful read. And it's one of those that makes you um, kind of see yourself, but it's told in such a beautiful way. So his books are great. Nice. Do you guys have a favorite song to dance to or listen to? <laughs> oh, oh gosh, to dance to. Ah, um, oh, I don't know about dance to. I really like R and B. I'm a bit <laughs> a bit weird. She likes a bit um, I, I get kind of like yeah, I like getting down and dirty. So I, <laughs> I like um going out and dancing to hip hop R and B. Um, yeah, I'm more funny. of a kind of. I'd say more like indie, mm. like um, a bit rocky, a bit more rocky. That's but pleasure. I can't think of anything that's come. Oh, King Charles! We oh love King Charles. You, yeah. Katie, you have to check out. King I Charles. love King Charles. Love Lust is like my favorite song ever. Which which one? Love Lust. Which one? Isn't that the, one of their songs? I love that song. Yeah, that's. I can't believe that he's reached America. Yeah, well, I don't know. Maybe it's just my boyfriend like found him. But I love that. Like, I that's so funny. 
That's amazing. I didn't even know it was British. Yeah. Yeah, he's British. He goes to um, the church that I go to. Oh, my Um, God. That's so cool. My my good friends. So um yeah, I've met him a few times and he has the most incredible hair that I've ever seen. And we've and actually we've <laughs> seen him live quite a few times. He's yeah. a brilliant, brilliant show. He's it's great. On a great show. And he's all about love, you know? Yeah. He really it's great music. He's that great. is amazing. That is so cool. Well, you guys are great and I just want to be your friends. This has been amazing. So is there anything else final that you guys want to say to Wonderland? Any advice to leave them with and let them know where to find you? You can find us at addictivedaughter.com and what we would love is for you to subscribe to our news, our sexy savvy newsletter um, where we've got all sorts of treats and um, surprises in store Um, and you can just subscribe on the homepage of our website on the right hand side. Yep. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, just come and visit our website. Um, We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest. Pinterest. We've got our YouTube channel, which is, um, you know, we're adding videos by the minute. So just um, connect with us wherever kind of you feel inspired to. And um, we also just love hearing from people and, you know, their experiences and and their take on Addictive Daughter. Mm. And, you know, we're still very much in the the learning stages of it. So we'd just like to hear from people and what they think and what they'd like to see and, you know, all that. It'd be great. Definitely. And maybe... Katie, we can come and visit you in the States and put on something over there at some point because we definitely want to come to the States and do something good. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. That sounds amazing. So thank you guys so much for visiting and thank you guys all for listening and getting all the way to the end. This has been such a great conversation. Thank you, everybody. Bye, guys. Thank you. You guys, that was so amazing. You guys are just cool. I want to just straight up be your friends. Uh, yeah, we are now. Consider done. it done. done. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, this this was a blast. Thank you guys so much for doing this. And um, let's definitely keep in touch and um, brainstorm collaborations because I think there's definitely some synergy here. And I would adore to be connected with you guys because I just think you're rad. So good. It was Thank so you, much fun. Loved it. You guys are so cute. And I love how you say my name. It's so adorable. <laughs> <laughs> so um what's the time frame do you have you got kind of like a backlog of um interviews to go out or how does it I work? do I do I have um I have a couple so this probably won't be out for a couple weeks give me like um give me like three weeks to get it together and then um and then it'll be out but I'll, I'll definitely let you guys know and send you guys links and and tweet up a storm and such amazing thank you so much yeah I'm I'm so excited to open up um everybody here to you guys and I don't even know how we connected I think we connected through Twitter I think I saw your video your like trailer video which is so beautiful and well done and I was just like Gabby needs to see this and I've actually been interning for her so I um like tweeted it to her right away and then she saw it and retweeted it so I just it was amazing She's coming to London, isn't she, in December? I think she is. Are you guys going to go see her? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'd love to. We'd love to have a chat with her because her work is great. And it's weird, actually, the way it all happened. Because when we we set up Addictive Daughter, it was literally three weeks after we came up with the idea that you found her, didn't Mm -hmm. you? And and Mm -hmm. Persia sent me a website and said, oh my gosh, there's someone in America who is, one of you know, the, our, our mentor, one of our mentors, Sadie, um, who runs this amazing thing, you should check her out, called hipandhealthy.com. Um, she said, oh, Persia, you're, like when she heard about what 
what we were doing. She said, you've got to read this spirit junkie. And that's how it began, isn't yeah. it, Gabby? And so it was like, oh, wow, there's someone in America who, you know, it has a kind of similar, um, I guess, you know, where she came from in terms mm-hmm. of the destructive oh, yeah. living. And, then it- and I think she... She has a background in acting as well, from because we. I don't know if you've heard of um yes. that guy who loves the universe. He's yeah, we're we're really close to him, and um Gabby mentors him, and yeah. So who is so, it? It's all like one. He that guy that loves the universe. Um, Sean Patrick, his name is, and he lives in England. Oh, I don't um, know. I know that, that Gabby was mentoring. I don't know if um she's mentoring him anymore, but a couple of years ago she was helping him out with giving sort of advising him on his thing. You should check him out. He's quite cool. Yeah, he's um, English based. Um, Wow, yeah, that's awesome. So, um, you guys mirror her story so much. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? There's definitely synergy between all of us. I think. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, it was so so nice meeting you guys, and I really hope that we stay connected and um and just yeah, loop me in on on everything. I sent you guys my um. My ladies, we love um, interview, right? You guys have that. You've got that, so that will be going up. Um, I think, like you, we've got a few to go before. Okay, yeah, perfect. But no. um, I'll contact you with. Yeah, yeah, I'll contact you so you can kind of okay it all and just check you're happy with the layout and everything. Oh, before of course, we of course. Promote. Yeah, no, you but, guys can do, do whatever you want. I just wanted to make sure I sent it because I had it here in my desktop and I was like, oh no, did I forget to send that? So perfect. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure we've got it. I can double check, but um, I seem to recall getting one from you fairly recently, right? I think probably in the I last couple. I think so. Of- yeah, yeah, I think so. You know, um, fab. So yeah, we're we're looking forward to getting that out as well. It's so great speaking to you, Katie. Yeah, so we must great say- to speak to you guys too. We'll definitely keep in touch and have an amazing rest of your weekend. Okay. Thank you. Too. You too. Lots of love. Lots of love. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. You made it all the way to the end. I'll be back next week, but until then, let's stay inspired and keep this conversation going. So tweet at me, at Katie Dalebout, and our guest with your aha moments from this conversation. And like the Wellness Wonderland on Facebook, so we can all hang out there and discuss how inspired we are and how we'll apply it in our daily lives. And never miss another episode or post from me by signing up for email updates on thewellnesswonderland.com. See you back in Wonderland.